Kenny, we are beginning our episode on circumcision, which is the night that every male in Abraham's camp was screaming and yelling and hurting for days. Yes, they're asking, who's this God that we're following? Yes. Be specific three days because later on we see that when Levi and Simeon put to death the city, three days after the men are circumcised, they're still in too much pain to fight. Yeah. I don't even want to know. I'm glad I was a little guy. No anesthetic. What were they using, like flints or something? Probably. (laughs) Well, we're in Genesis 17, and we're going to be talking about the covenant of circumcision. Um, And I'm sure we will attempt, at least, well, I say we, but I will attempt to come up with some funny jokes, like full house joke, right? Uncle Joey says, cut it out. God say cut it off. Ha ha ha. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, but before we get started in that, let's talk about our goal as always with um, living by the sword is to, is to know that this is a relationship and that it doesn't require anyone else but yourself and God and his word to understand it and, and seeking him with it and praying about it and opening it and just reading and trusting God will reveal, and it's perfect. And uh, we don't say that because it's something that's been, we read in a book or something. We, You and I have experienced it in a, in a deep way. And Yeah, we're just now, we just get together and look at sections that we've looked at in the past, and we feel like God has revealed certain things to us. So we get together and talk about it, and um, it's pretty fun doing it. Yeah. If it had to do with smarts, uh, we'd be over. Nope. Oh, you'd be done. All right, well, so we're in Genesis chapter 17. And the covenant here, of course, is uh, kind of verse 10, maybe. Kind of starts at every male among you shall be circumcised. All right. Should we? I don't know if we should read the whole chapter or just kind of jump into it. What do you think? We'll read, we'll read at least where God tells them, maybe. Starting, starting verse nine. Okay. Um, well, background: Abraham's Abram. Uh, well, he's just now recalled Abraham, ninety-nine years old. Um, so he uh, actually, I think we should start in verse seven. Um, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you, and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you are now an alien, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, As as for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you. The, The covenant you are to keep, every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household, or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring, whether born in your household or bought with money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in the flesh will be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. 
So right off the bat, just uh, ouch. A- yeah, Abram's following God, who's revealing Himself to him, and all of a sudden, God comes and tells him to cut off the foreskin of all the dudes around him and himself. So I think that'd probably be a pretty strange thing, you know. Probably. From the outside. (laughs) (laughs) You got to think about circumcision now is pretty common. But this is out of nowhere, you know, this is what's to be done. I mean, that this is another big sign of faith doing it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how it's become, I mean, it, it is common nowadays for the most part, and it's like considered clean and safer and all those kind of things, and I don't know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember mine, thank the Lord, and uh, I haven't had a son yet, so don't really have anything to compare it to other than the thought of, you know, anything being cut down there, just, I don't know. It's it, it's interesting. Obviously, it's chosen for a purpose. I'd say the one of the first things to me that jumps out is that we know that circumcision becomes this 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 legalistic thing to the Pharisees, right? Mm-hmm. Yet when it's given here, it's for everyone. And there are these verses where verse ten it says every male among you, and verse twenty seven including those born in his household or bought from a foreigner. So we're not talking about just Abraham's household household or Jews. We're talking about foreigners also. Right. So, um, and it's, it's just interesting to me that it, it doesn't just appear to mean Jews will be circumcised, but every male. And, and the Jews lose track of that pretty quickly. Yeah, it, it becomes very much a, a sign of their... Uh, rights to the, you know, inheritance, so to say, the uh, the fact that, I mean, I think even later on after Christ, it talks about, or, or I think people accuse Peter of bringing un- uncircumcised Gentiles or something into mm-hmm. the temple, and um, like most things that God gives for his glory and to point towards him, uh, man takes and, and puts on a pedestal and holds that to a higher value and it becomes about that object and circumcision in that way you know w- was treated the same way kind of like the the golden snake or the the snake on the staff that when the israelites were in the desert if they would get struck all they had to do is look at the staff god did this you know he, he gave them this staff and they would look at it and they they wouldn't be killed by the poison and and that was to point towards christ uh, the the New Testament reveals that, and I don't remember where it's at. It take me a while to find it, but it reveals that it was it was pointing towards Christ coming and looking to Him. So, but what happened somewhere in the Kings, just this, this random spot with the Kings, you find one of the Kings. It, it says that he he also broke up the golden snake on the staff, which people were burning incense to. You know, like everything that God gives, people, you know. Some uh, Satan will twist in ways, and circumcision is the same, same thing, uh, which I, I think we'll get into some scriptures that show clearly what its true purpose was. Yeah, you said snake. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the other thing with it too is it's the fact that we see the 
that the it, it not only is like you're saying um, the way it's it's kind of turned into being all about that rather than what it represents, but the fact that the the circumcision is so associated with the law and Moses, yet it's before all of that, and and what's even more interesting, especially considering uh, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Ishmael, is the fact that God makes his covenant known and it's given and Ishmael is the first son like the only son at this point of Abraham and he's circumcised yeah which is which is has a lot to it so it's uh you know hopefully we'll we'll do it justice and um trying to lay out some of it because there, there's just so much to it um which is pretty crazy just considering that I mean it's only God that can to make something like that to to still be so deep and teach us so much when we're talking about cutting off the skin of our body. It's important because I mean this this is a, this is a major um, chapter seventeen is is a major is a pivotal point in you know the the foretelling of Isaac coming uh, and God renaming Abram Abraham. I mean this is him telling him that he'll be the God of his descendants forever. So, I mean, circumcision in here plays a, a crucial role, and it still does. It's just in a different way. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's consider what he says, starting in um, verse 3. Abraham fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. So the covenant is this, this and then the, the circumcision is going to be the seal, or the representation of that, right? Mm-hmm. So this is my covenant... As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. He's already made him that. He said it. It's going to happen. I'll make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you are now an alien, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. And and then we get the circumcision. So he lays out right there, as for you, you will be the father of many nations. Uh, he renames them, I have made you the father, father of many nations. Well, I mean, de- as descendant-wise, well, he, he had other sons that maybe became powerful and stuff, but this is we're, we're still talking about the gospel here that was revealed, the first calling. The father of many nations, the uh, blessed, you know, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and stuff. We're seeing the blessing that Christ, you know, the salvation that Christ brought to all people, all nations. Talked about here. And I will establish my covenant as covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you. Well, that that's eternal life. Because if... Abraham isn't going to be if he's going to die and, and, and just cease then this the everlasting covenant can't exist so there's there's so much in this um, and, and the fact that he says he's going to be the God of his descendants too well that's the greatest inheritance you can have is the fact that God is saying I will be their God I mean, right. that's eternal life as well <clears throat> so he's saying that to us so we knowing what we know now, that we've, we're being grafted in as believers. So we're true descendants of Abraham. 
these verses show us that God included us in this, figuratively speaking, right? Mm -hmm. So when he says nations and every male, he's talking about all of us who know him, this covenant, like you're saying. Foreigners, even those not physically offspring. Right, yet. that's us. So it's it's this example. Um, and I thought of some other examples of how he can choose who will be children of Abraham, mm. right? Um, in Matthew 3, 9 and Luke 3, 8, he says, Out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. Um, and then in John eight thirty nine and 41, he says, To the Pharisees who claim Abraham as their father, Jesus says, If you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. You were doing the things your own father does. Um, in Romans 4, he says, He is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it, it may be by grace, and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also those to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. So he's the father of all nations. So there's, there's that exact... Verse right there. Right, and then he goes on, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father. This is Romans, so he's talking to us. Uh -huh. In the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to dead, to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. What uh, verse is that? Romans 4.11 and then 16-17. through 17. That's really fascinating because I remember in one of the Bible studies um, when we did this section... The, the question came up of, he's, why does God say, I will make you, I will make nations of, wait, what does he say? Um, he says, you will be the father of many nations. No longer would be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I've made you. And it, the question was, why does he say you will be? And then instantly rename him and say, for I have made you the father of many nations. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's immediate. And I, and I just realized from what you just read in Romans saying he's the father of all those who are uncircumcised, that God is saying he's made him the father of many nations before he was ever circumcised, before he was given the the, the legal requirement of the circumcision of the flesh yeah. in, in the order of this. So it's not the circumcision like that we're like you're getting to in the beginning. It's not about the circumcision is an example of what he's already going to do, what he's already promised to do. Mm -hmm. It's not like the circumcision came along and now it guarantees it. Yeah, it wasn't like Abraham doing that enabled him to be the father of many nations. He already was. He already was. Going to be. Right, yeah. Right, well, it's, I mean, he says it. It's almost like... I mean, like, if God says it, it's happened. Well, it's I mean, almost like we just read in Romans, it says, you know, he, he brings things to pass. What does it say in that very verse? That he... He is a father of us all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father. Um, he comes by faith, so maybe grace, maybe guarantee. Oh, I thought it said he speaks, he you know, calls things as if they were. Oh, yeah, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. And we can see all of that in this blessing yeah, that God, good. God is giving Abraham. Yeah. Another one's, uh, and we're going to come to a lot, back to a lot of these chapters. In Galatians 3, 8 through 9, we get, The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Um, it goes on later in that chapter, verse 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. And then, so... You know, my point in all this is just examples of the nation and every male and us being a part of that. Um, 
And I wrote down the example of Rahab, the prostitute in Jericho, and how um, it says, let's see, it's in James 2.25. It's also in um, Hebrews. And, and it's, it's just a small part. It's, it's pretty simple. But it just says, in the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them out in a different direction? It was just another example mm. in, of someone who showed faith and was considered righteous. So when I see this, I know that, that, that as we look through how circumcision is kind of misunderstood or misviewed, that the faith becomes the key to understanding this. So it's almost like this law versus faith, yet circumcision from the very beginning is really not about what happens to to the males in that specific spot, but circumcision is about the heart. Mm-hmm. And faith comes before the law, right? We we just saw that the Pharisee, I mean that, um, you know, it says that, Jesus said to the Pharisees in John 8, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. And then we went through those verses in Romans that, that explain that the promise comes by faith so that by grace it may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. And, and it goes on, he is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were, but so we're talking about God showing that all nations will be will come through Abraham, be his descendants, which we've laid out before, who will be true believers, mm-hmm. and then the circumcision comes. Right. So this faith is given before we get circumcision, all those things, and I think obviously, and we'll lay it out that that's that's there for a reason. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does, and I I. Uh... I found myself starting to rethink the way I I, I talk about law uh, law versus great faith or faith versus law or faith versus grace and stuff and I think the way it's misused um, really brings that kind of almost that title out but the truth is is that the true law in scripture uh, is upheld by faith and that hmm. doesn't mean you you are doing all of these things. It means that the 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 law, law the law is the law of faith. That that's the whole point of the law is that this is going to only be done through faith. And that's why, I mean, we're reading law right now in in Genesis. So when we see God giving these promises to a man who all he can all he has is standing on is is. I mean, God is is enabling him to stand. And and he's he's believing. It's before the circumcision, the the flesh part. It's before the 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 code in the flesh is given, and that that is a law of faith. You know, being shown. I mean, I'm not saying it very well, but all throughout the scripture. Um, the Passover, they eat the Passover before they're ever given the the law of Moses on the mountain. So, you know, death passes over to, to show Christ and, and, and being saved by the blood before the law is given. I mean, over and over and over, the faith before the law. Right, and I, I think that the key there, and uh, I'll read a scripture, but that the law, using what the Bible says, the law is testifying to faith. 
it's just another thing that, that points to faith. So um, in, let's, let's see, Romans 3, verse 20, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of sin. Mm-hmm. But, now a, but now a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. Right? So the law testifies about faith. Right? It, it, it shows us the... It gives us this understanding of the consciousness of sin. It leads us to Christ, too. Right. And, that, that, I mean, that's the whole point. Right. Um, I was trying to find something here. There's a... Uh, did you have more you were going to read? No, I mean, I was just thinking about just some of the some of the the obvious stuff too like we know that a lot of people will say well you know there is a circumcision of the heart but in the old testament circumcision was about the law right but there are examples in the old testament that circumcision was an example it was about circumcision of the heart it's yeah i've got some of those too did did you have some written down yeah i've got um jeremiah 9 25 26 for all these nations are really uncircumcised and even the whole house of israel is uncircumcised in the heart in heart um deuteronomy 36 the lord your god will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live so we're already seeing this example of of the circumcision mm-hmm. um and then this is in the New Testament, but Colossians two eleven through twelve. In him you were also circumcised and putting off the sinful nature, not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. I mean, on the surface of it, we have to remind ourselves that circumcision comes from God. We it wouldn't have been something that was known to be done, right. Even in the flesh, and in the concept of it being in the heart too, right? And and, and so what, what I see is that Abram, Abram, this whole time God's been interacting in his life has been has circumcised Abram's heart already, and then he's given this covenant, and all it is 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 an outward sign of what's inside, in the flesh. Yeah, because he actually. That Galatians verse three, uh, Galatians three eight through nine, we know that Abraham already knew the gospel before the circumcision came, and I know it tells us that, but we can see it because it also says um, the scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham, and this is where he did it. All nations will be blessed through you. Well, we've mm-hmm. already heard that. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's also, it even goes back, all the way back to Deuteronomy, I pulled up Deuteronomy 30, uh, chapter 30, verse 6. Yeah. It says, um, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and, and the hearts of your descendants, which is exactly what he's promised to Abram. Abraham, I'll be the God of your descendants too. So that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. The fact that he says he will circumcise your hearts so that you may love him with all your heart. So, I mean, even this love for God isn't something we get from our own righteousness. It's something he He works in us when we go to him in faith, like Abraham did. Mm-hmm. It's this relationship part. It's interaction. 
So, so I don't know if this is a good point to tackle this, um, and I, I don't want to throw us off, but we, when we get to the New Testament kind of views, especially with the Pharisees and whatnot, it's it becomes this Jews versus Gentiles thing. So mm-hmm. I know we already made the point that it was it was Jews and Gentiles, but then you get to this point where it becomes like the Jews are, are circumcised, and then a lot of the Gentiles are not circumcised, and so it becomes this, this like, this act, well, you, you can't be righteous because you haven't had this done. Even with some of the Jews that were believers, believing in Christ, were, were trying to make the Gentiles be circumcised. And, and we can show those scriptures. I think that, for me, just um, getting to, like, in Romans 3, verse 9, um, kind of the last part, we shall already, we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles are alike under all sin. So the first point to understand is, is that Jews and Gentiles all fall under sin, mm-hmm. right? And then when you go further down into that chapter in verse 29, is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too, since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through the same, that same faith. So we laid out earlier that the faith came before circumcision, so now he's, we're getting this reaffirmed in what Paul is writing in Gal- to the Galatians, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I, I think in a lo- most of the books Paul writes in, writes, uh, circumcision is, is, is brought up because it, 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 it was a big issue, and it still is an issue. And it may not be necessarily a circumcision in the flesh, but we have all these, you know, a lot of churches and denomination stuff have these these traditions that uh, kind of add to their righteousness, so to say, and that's exactly what the physical sign does. But the physical sign means nothing. Right. And it, it's even worse than me. I mean, it. I wish I had the scripture pulled up, but Paul says if you allow yourself to be circumcised, Christ is of no value to you. Because I think it's probably Romans. It's probably right here. Um <clears throat> So the, I think the point, probably circumcision was very deceit. It was probably very deceiving in the early church because the fact that circumcision was given before the law, you know, it goes all the way back to Abraham. You know, so if if you were even looking at the fact that the law, I mean, it was a revealing too. But um, if you're looking at it, you know, the fact that. All Abraham's descendants were circumcised, and now they're, the Gentiles are being gra- grafted into this, or coming into this faith that says that all foreigners and stuff in the flesh. You know, this was a big issue, but I kind of got off track with that. The uh, It's still a big issue because tradition, anything that adds to the cross, any physical thing you do, I mean, it, it, it's all ceremonial, and it's it's done away with now. This is the same thing as Hebrews calls the, the, the temple worship was ceremonial washings foreshadowing what was to come. Well, this was too. This is foreshadowing what's happening in the heart. Um, the, the verse you're talking about is in Romans 4.14. For if those who live by law are heirs, faith has no value and the promise is worthless. No, okay. Is that it? Is that what you're talking about? Um, well, the other thing too, like... You know, there are other examples where God gives us something to be an example and then people end up worshiping what that thing is or, or giving it some greater value, right? Like um, 
we see it with the with just some of the things like feeding the poor, the hungry, doing it consciously to do it, thinking that it brings faith or gives you salvation, is not what it's about, right? We talked right. about that before, so it flows from that. So this circumcision thing is like, well, if I'm if I'm circumcised, then then somehow I'm better than you, or I'm more deserving because I'm Jewish and I'm circumcised. Well, no, that but you know we we see all these examples like we've read that. Um, I, was, I had some other examples I was trying that I thought of but I can't think of them talks about boasting in his flesh yeah probably yeah uh, well it, I mean just to since I pulled this up I was gonna throw out there Romans chapter 3 uh, you may have just read this verse 3 uh, or no verse 31 and uh, in, in talking about everything we're talking about here, he says in verse 30, since there, uh, I guess I have to start in verse 29, is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? You just read that, right? Yes, of Gentiles too, since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through the same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we up, we uphold the law. Um, so I don't know if you just read that, but the fact that through faith you don't nullify and do away with the law, you uphold the law. Which, again, the law is pointing to faith. The you know throughout the whole Bible. Right. I mean, if you keep reading, it says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works being circumcised mm -hmm. he had something to boast about but not before god what does the scripture say abraham believed god and it was credited him as righteousness um now when a man works his wages are not credited to him as a gift but as an obligation so like he's laying an example here of the fact that like you're saying it up and like the scripture says it upholds the law but it's not it does it's not what it's about Right, so it's like it's the same thing that we see with faith producing works, not works giving you faith. Right, and, and it's it's not about upholding the Levitical commandments now. Right, it, to uphold the law and what and what it was given for is to worship Christ and to let that go, like let you know understand that it's by faith alone. Right, and in in verse uh, in chapter two verse twenty eight. Now, in verse 27, it says, The one who, who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law, which is what we said, putting their hope in Christ and mm -hmm. not relying on the law, will condemn you who, even though you have the written code and circumcision, are a lawbreaker. <clears throat> um, a man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. Well, I mean, yeah, and I, I, personally for me, Romans 4, 9, some, starting in 9, sums it up. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Meaning, was it because he was circumcised? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So, 
Abraham's a perfect example as our father. He had the faith as an uncircumcised man, and he had the faith as a circumcised man. Right. Right? So then, he is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised, in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is also the father of the circumcised, who not only are circumcised, but also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. To me, that completely sums up the topic of, okay, what Jews were dealing with at the time, and even we see nowadays, that, like, let's make it about this act. Like, are you circumcised or not circumcised? So then the other piece, which we've, we've hinted at and talked a little about, it's like, well, why was, it, you know, this was given to be an example and to show, but then we have this, this issue of, like, okay, he uses circumcision of the heart. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is what's so cool about the Scriptures and the power of God is that he can give this, this act, this physical, earthly, creation peace act for his glory and to show the gospel not only Abraham but to us and then yet it's the characteristics of it excuse me of what we can understand in an earthly view of like it's cleanliness and it's example of of what's being done cutting away the flesh right to is even that has the meaning that teaches us something you know, it's like we talk about with the water and, and the wind and other examples that we've talked about. And that I, I just found that, I still find that so really cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, even, it was also even given to be a stumbling stone to those that will stumble over it too. I mean, it's not like God didn't know that people would start worshiping circumcision too. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it is this, I mean, that's why... Uh, in Romans, um, well, okay, yeah, in Romans chapter 9, verse, uh, 33, uh, verse 30, what, and he's talking about the Gentiles who, who didn't, pers- okay, what then shall we say? The, the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith. But Israel, who pursued a law of righteousness, has not attained it. Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, CIA in Zion, a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. So, I mean, all of this, the, the law, the circumcision, all these things that were given were going to one day um, cause guys to, to fall, you know? I mean, because Christ was going to come and say, your righteousness is in me. And they weren't willing to give up their tradition. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it, I think it's... Uh... You know, kind of going along with that, it's like when Paul makes the point of, like, the fact that like, he was circumcised and everything going for him, but yet he didn't have this understanding of the faith, right? Like, yeah. In Philippians 3, starting in verse 3, for it, is he, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put on no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, 
a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. So it's not about those things, right? So, the, you know, I don't know. It's just, it seems like such an obvious example. But he goes on, What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. So, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it... And, and the fact that it's by faith, obviously, is not a New Testament concept. This is not... I mean, we're seeing it. He did this with Abraham for this very reason. And it's also all throughout... I mean, Isaiah... He, he's he's saying to the people um, he says well he basically tells them he has more than enough burnt offerings stop you know giving meaningless sacrifices and and I'm, I wish I had the, the part pulled up um Basically saying, who, who's ordered this, the trampling of my court, or of my temple and stuff, for all these sacrifices and stuff? That, I mean, what he wanted was their hearts mm -hmm. all along. And even through the sacrifice, the sacrifices weren't meant to be an end in themselves. They were meant to point to Christ, you know? It, and he wanted their hearts. Um, and, and so, I mean, so the concept we're talking about is, Abram's heart was, was circumcised by God earlier on in Genesis there. When you're, even when you're talking about it, he he announced the gospel and Abraham believed and was credited righteousness. Mm -hmm. That's that's Christ circumcising his heart with, with the hands of God. Right. Cutting off the, the, the flesh view, the, the sinful nature. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. And, and shedding the... I mean, it, it it's beautiful. I mean, it, you can't... It, it is. It's poetic. Just like you said, these things point... I mean, they're created this way to to show it the way it is, and so I think that I see a a, a New Testament, um, you know, picture of of this taking place, and this is in the book of Acts, chapter two, um, when it's the day of Pentecost, and it's a uh, you know it's a long chapter, so I'll just sum it up. Peter and uh, I think it's about 30 others are in a house with the doors locked for fear of the Jews when when a, the, the Holy Spirit comes on them in a very physical, powerful form. Um, like this, it's representing the giving of the Spirit after Christ went, which is what he prophesied about the streams of living water will flow within. Um, it actually comes down tongues of fire and, and a wind shakes the building. And, and they're all prophesying, and, and everybody hears them in the streets, and they think they're drunk. And guys come over, and Peter lays out a beautiful uh, explanation of what's going on and, and tells them about Christ. And um, he uh, tells them about the resurrection. And in verse 36, Seven, though it says that when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, 
brothers, what shall we do? So we know that it's done by the hands of Christ, and we know that that goes along with faith. And that's what God does to those who who believe and and uh, are called. And so, I mean, the fact that the wording, they're cut to the heart, it's not just this random, like, oh, man, they were really moved. I mean, that has a purpose. And I think it was, I think it's, you know, showing a circumcision, circumcision, circumcision of the heart. I'm going to cut off the tip of your tongue. Yeah. So... Oh, just to point out that the verse that you were talking about earlier, um, what about the um, the circumcision, like not boasting about it, mm-hmm. is Galatians six, starting at verse thirteen. Okay, that's a good example. Yeah, um, I'm looking at. Uh, While you're looking at that, I want to point out the fact that while we we see a lot, of, there's there's far more verses in here about circumcision of the heart. There's also a lot of verses in here about them ha- uh, about people having a heart of stone and having hard hardened hearts. Uh, mm-hmm. He hardened Pharaoh's heart. So you get this this picture of you can't cut stone. You can't you know a hardened heart isn't going to cut as easy. I mean, it's word pictures, but it's, uh, and we know heart of stone, you know, that's a, that's a cold heart and stuff, but it also isn't going to be circumcised. So, and Stephen, Stephen even, and when, uh, when he's, what? I was just thinking, uh, thinking of the word, talking about the imagery here too, the, so in Ephesians 2, uh, starting in verse, verse 14, for he, talking about Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with, his, with its commandments and regulations, which is kind of interesting to think about, like the flesh being like, cut off and him mm-hmm. abolishing it with his flesh. Um, his purpose was to create in himself one new man, out of the two, which is the same that we see in Galatians 6, where it says, what does it matter? Uh, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Right. He brought the two together and made them one. Right. Again. This is pretty interesting. Do you want to say about Stephen? With Acts 7 somewhere? Oh, yeah. Acts 7, when he's... Uh, I was just going to say, when he's um, laying out... You know, I mean, it's called his speech. It's a speech to the Sanhedrin, and uh, when he gets towards the end of it, and he he lays out, you know, from Abraham to present day, what they did to Christ and his resurrection, and in verse um, fifty-one, he said he caught he says, "You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit." So, you know, I mean, it, it goes on to, uh, they kill him, and they cover their ears when they when they rush him, <laughs> but, I mean, he's revealing, I mean, th- this circumcised heart, it was very much uh, well-known, apparent, you know, it was well-known to 
the believers in the scriptures too. Hmm. So I think it's pretty interesting that in uh, back in Genesis 17, God tells the fact that He says that it's it'll be an everlasting covenant in His flesh. Because flesh isn't everlasting. I will say. Um, <clears throat> in verse 13, my covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. So automatically, we're seeing more here. And, and I mean, not only that, but he tells them, I'll give an, uh, the, the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. Well, I mean, it's dirt. You know, it's not. Only God can make it everlasting, too. So hmm, That's a good point. The, uh, the flesh being everlasting, everlasting covenant in the flesh, is, uh, it's really interesting because it's like, you, you have this flesh being a, a sign of the covenant, and you've got the piercing, the cutting of the flesh, the you know, blood, and then you've got, Thomas and, and the sign of the of the Christ being raised in the covenant is in his flesh, you know, the mm -hmm. the piercing in his hands and his feet and stuff. It's, yeah, I mean you think of think of that and the the fact yeah. His his flesh was, was torn and, and cut for us, right? I mean we know the flesh took and it and it bled. Mm -hmm. And it took the greatest suffering because we know his bones weren't broken. We just like disjoint and dislocate all those things, but the flesh was literally just destroyed. Right. He bled for us so that we could have this this uh, everlasting promise that he gave to Abraham. Pretty interesting. So I, one last thing I was going to point out is that something you you pointed out about Ishmael being circumcised in the beginning when we first started talking Ishmael was circumcised and sent away and that that the fact that we in a previous um, episode we talked about we went over Galatians and Ishmael representing those who were trying to do it through uh, ancestry and the the natural he represented the natural child not born by the Spirit, doing it through law and ancestry, and he was sent away because it was going to be by the Isaac, the child born of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that he was circumcised and he was still sent away, and, and that covenant was in his flesh only because he was circumcised of the heart, at least the representation going on there only. And the fact that it makes me think the fact that Lot and Abram separated before the covenant of circumcision was given so we don't we don't see anything about lot being circumcised and lot was still righteous mm -hmm. he was circumcised in the heart we know that much from the book of um peter right peter. second yeah. peter second peter so that's where it calls him righteous so we know he's circumcised in the heart, but we, we, we have no evidence that he's circumcised in the flesh. There'd be no reason for him to be too. But yet, because of um, Ab Abram's 
interaction with God and the promises that were given to him and the relationship he had with God pleading for Lot and Lot being righteous and circumcised in the heart. And we know where his righteousness came from. It came from Christ. He was rescued from that. So it's just yeah. kind of interesting that... Yeah. Um, that's a really good point. And the verse about Lot is Second Peter two, seven through nine. Cool. So just just kind of review, like just from the sense of the, the looking at it from law, I think of that verse there's verses in John seven where Jesus talks about the to the Pharisees that they, they think of circumcision as coming from Moses and being about the law. So he's pointing out that, you know, he even makes a point to show that, all right, first we have the promise given to Abraham, the gospel announced in advance to Abraham. Then we have the covenant and the covenant of circumcision. And then we have the law come and, and then Christ. I think the order, the order is important. And then the New Testament, you know, as we've shown, shows us that it's not about circumcision, the actual physical act it's meant to point to Christ There's, it's a circumcision of the heart the removing of the flesh that we can be you know descendants and be with God forever and it's it's not about being circumcised or uncircumcised but it's about the relationship and the understanding of being credited with faith mm -hmm. right yes and I can only imagine there's a lot more in there but that, I mean, that's just taking the, literally taking the scriptures for what they say. And, and the key being Galatians 3, right? Romans 4, Romans 3 and 4. whole book of Romans, really. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean definitely. I mean, I mean, man, Romans is a great book. Spent a lot of time. Man. It's very heavy stuff. But. Galatians chapter 3 is, is really good, too, for a lot of the stuff that we've talked about up until now and now. And it's a short, I mean, Galatians is, I mean, not to, it, it's a shorter book, so it's a really good read, you mm -hmm. know, if you, if you think Romans is, is a little much to dive into, you know, at first. And, and it's a good example of how we, how we study for a second here. It's like, so if you, if you're looking at Galatians and you see Galatians three and it talks about, or if you're looking at Romans and you see it mentioned circumcision, you know, that circumcision was, was given previously. So if you go to like a, a website like Bible Gateway or Bible Net and you, you type in circumcision and then you go look at when it was given in the scriptures and you, you read through those and, and look at them and you read through the Galatians and understand them and then you see the other ones, you start to make these connections and realize what all was being taught in that. And that's kind of how we, how we approach, a, how God has shown us to approach a lot of, of the way we study the scriptures. Yeah, I mean, you hear a lot of people talk about proof texting, and, and the, the way I see it is that if it, you can't just take any one verse at, uh, that Paul writes about circumcision and try to place it in that book only, or in that sentence only. You have to look at it with the, the whole of Scripture, what God's, you know, what God is doing with circumcision. And then, you, you know, but it's not to say that you need all that at one time. I mean, God reveals this stuff, but it... It's exactly what you said. I mean, search the word 
look at every word it says it and and, and it, i mean it really comes together i mean quickly when you start to study like that. i really think of the excuse me the the good example where it says where god promises abraham to your seed and then we see in the new testament where it said it said to your seed not seeds meaning christ i mean so it, that's just a very obvious and direct example of how it will unlock so you're not you're not necessarily proof tech you're not you we're not going to it with some pre trying to go to it with some preconceived notion of what it's going to teach us. It's just using the words to connect. I mean, obviously, if it's about circumcision, you're going to be talking about the same thing, right? right? So, um, and I mean, there's far more circumcision. I mean, you go in there, plug the word in. You're looking one in Exodus. Well, okay, you can't eat the Passover unless you're circumcised. Right. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, Christ. Has you you have faith and he's he works in your heart he does that and then you you take of his blood and his flesh and you yeah, know it, death me. passes over I mean it's and and even also in that you see the evolution of the way the 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 Jews were viewing it yet it doesn't take away from the truth of it that's powerful yeah like you were saying yeah. and what's awesome is that. It's, it's apparent that Abraham had the concept of... He, he probably had the concept that this, this sign in the flesh was not as powerful as... I mean, God had already given him the, the promises, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, it didn't take away... It didn't add to it. It was given to be a sign. And I, I just think... I think they had a... Like, we see it unlocked in the New Testament, but I think God gave that understanding to those men. You oh, know? I believe that, yeah. I mean, obviously he did. I mean, Abraham, he has, uh, he, he continues to follow it, not just then, but when Isaac's born. Yeah. But, uh, you're right, it doesn't add to it, and that's, that's a key. So, well, if, if there's some other things that, that people listening, if you're listening and you've noticed with circumcision, or maybe you... you a question you have about it that not that we may have the answer but just to challenge us to continue to look at it let us know shoot us an email or or, or um, send post a message and comment on this section of the podcast on uh, men of the word.com because uh, we love looking at this stuff and, and we want uh, this time that we have with you listening to be an interaction in a Bible study and and that can't happen if you if you just keep it keep keep your thoughts and questions in. Um, post them and and again I don't say that so that we because we have all the answers but because we along with you we want to know the truth and we want to know God more you know, the, <clears throat> the internet's a great tool to bridge distance and uh, it allows you know we can all study it together it's pretty cool yeah it's it's, uh, it's really cool I don't think you want to, uh, you want me to close this? You want me to close this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, Lord, thank you for being able to get together and do this and uh, uh, giving us the, the pictures in your word that um, you, you didn't have to give us pieces that you do get, give us about what you were doing and your plan. I mean, your God... And, and what are we, but you did, you, you cared enough to give us the details to, uh, 
um, just teach us about you and, and give us that faith. And Lord, I pray that, you know, we, that you'll give us the faith, um, that Abraham had. And I mean, that's, that's something that only you can give us and, uh, keep teaching us about your word and let it be our, uh, let, let it be our, our protection that, let Christ live in our hearts, and and uh, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.